Hey everyone, welcome to episode 104 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Greg. Welcome aboard and welcome to hurricane season in Florida. Of course, we were reminded this past weekend of the time of year we find ourselves in. As our first name storm of the 2018 or the pre-2018 hurricane season by, what, almost a week. Yeah, it started Friday. Alberto joined the fun. Hopefully this is an indication of the summer that lies ahead weather-wise, but rather that we already got one out of the way and it was just a tropical storm. Lucky us, right? <laughs> Stay on the bright side. Anyway, I hope you have dried out and took the advice of your local weatherman and prepared with umbrellas, ponchos, or Netflix, depending on the proximity of your holiday weekend activities. And speaking of taking is taking advice, it is rumored that there is wisdom in many counselors. Hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned after this brief announcement to find out more. But as we have mentioned the last, I think, two weeks, upcoming this week, June the 2nd, will be the final installment of the Proverbs series, in which we will be doing a quick 10-minute or so Q&A, recapping all these previous messages as well as this coming week's message. And there will be a moderator helping Andy take your questions and hopefully then, in return, providing answers. So you can send those to us, and we would encourage you to do that. As always, you can use text message 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And there still are some gift cards awaiting anyone who would get those first questions in by text or by email. All right. There is wisdom in many counselors. Now, last week we started with the last sentence from the message's summation paragraph. And this week we will start with the first sentence, which said, I once heard a speaker who counseled his listeners to quit spending so much energy on figuring out if something was right or wrong and simply inquire, is this the wise thing to do? So not spending energy on figuring out if something is right or wrong, but abandoning that for is this the wise thing to do? This sounds like a recipe for greasing the slippery slope, Andy. <laughs> what exactly are well, we saying? Well, <laughs> I, I think that yeah, the reality is, is the, the, the moral thing is the wise thing. I, it's, it's too often times we think about is we spend a lot of time, we can spend a lot of energy on the questioning of this is right or wrong and what, what was the wrong then and now is it right or was it right then and now it's wrong and you know all yeah. these little innuendos and trying to figure all that out and parsing parsing all those pieces thinking we can land on knowing what's right or wrong and we might be actually right or wrong <laughs> in the end but if we just simply said hey what's the wise thing to do here you're not going to go down the wrong trail that's not the wise thing to do you can get out of all that minutia and arguments about this and that little pieces at, on the edge. I mean, it's hard to discern, though. I mean, I thought I was wrong once, but I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, does this attaining this wisdom immediately make us better at discerning right or wrong? Or is it just that's not really the point. It's just trying to get past that minutia, those small details, and just focus on the wisdom and the rest will sort itself out. Well, that, I, think, right? I think there's some really smart people in the world that might not be worried about what's moral and immoral. Okay. But if I ask them advice about what's the wise thing to do, might give me really good advice. Hmm. Okay. So is there a need for right or wrong then? If we're wise. Of course there is. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're <laughs> well, stacking this and up. And I mean, I think that's the thing. I, th I think the wise people that you find in the world, I don't know how to say this without saying it this way. It sounds a little weird, but <laughs> the wise people that are out there, 
tend to be what society, right? So not even speaking in religious terms, but what society would, would say are moral people, right? Wise people are the ones, and and you're going to align yourself with them, right? So the, the people that Andy views as wise are the ones who maybe even meet a certain demographic. There's principles, there's priorities that are in Andy's life. And he says, you know, this is what I consider a wise person to be. That's not me, but I can ask that person for advice. Right. In some area. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or in multiple. I mean, would you, well, people talk about this with going to the hospital and getting surgery. Yeah. And, you know, there is, did your surgeon pray with you? Or, you know, or is he a, you know, some kind of wild, wild, immoral person of some kind? I want to know who does the best surgery. <laughs> that's you know? true. That, that's, that's true. That's the wise guy to sit under while he's carving on you. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise it doesn't really add up. Right, right, so, because so, so I could ask, I could ask wise counsel of a of a really say a really great personal trainer, whose lifestyle might not be anything like I would think is the right thing to do, but who might really understand how to build a fitness regime and and get me into shape. He's teaching me the wise thing regarding this area. I wouldn't ask all of life advice from him necessarily. Because then you, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just going to have you plan on cutting this. So I'll just tell you now, we'll just (laughs) cut it here. But that'd be like taking health advice from a corpulent Adventist who says that fried chick is like the thing that you need to eat. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to take your your health advice (laughs) on how to be healthy and telling me that like the way to do it is to process fake meat. Yeah, You don't have to cut Uh, that. That's a good thing to leave in. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would would agree with you. But... (laughs) Is this why we look at Solomon and this seems to be the balancing act because on one hand, Solomon is the wisest man that ever lived. And didn't and, practice his own advice. And doesn't, right. He doesn't practice his own advice. And so if he's the poster child for wisdom, we also have to recognize that he's the poster child for just not taking that own, his own advice and being foolish because otherwise we're equally as foolish to just go, well, let's do what Solomon did, totally ignoring the potholes that are right. we've just put in our path. And his counsel of his advice and these proverbs he gathers and collects and writes them up is much better than his orthopraxis of his own life. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, at face value, multiple counselors, that pretty much sounds like a good, maybe even a great idea. But as we've discussed, <laughs> these are not absolutes. No. And we also know that common sense isn't all that common. So how do we make sure that we're receiving, and maybe more importantly, that in return, we're learning how to and we give good counsel? Because sometimes the more voices that you have and you know, multiple counselors – now, you're not saying that we should all just sit in a room and just let people dump on us all this <laughs> advice. You're going to pick these apart in piece by piece in yeah. the areas that they can speak into your life. But how do we make sure that we really are receiving it and that we learn from that process? Yeah, it's a part, part of the challenge of getting advice. And part of the reason I think Solomon wrote this, the fact that fools don't listen and wise people take advice of many counselors kind of thing, I think is, is our, our proclivity to not change. We like what we like and we do what we do. And, <laughs> and you know, we, don't, we really don't want to shift that much. Part of the how do we know if we're getting good counsel or not is, is it stretching me beyond my norms? You know, is it making me ask questions I haven't asked before? Is it causing me to, to to see something in a different light, even if I don't want to adopt it yet? Am I am I willing to at least look at new horizons? So in that case, you're saying that I can come talk to you and say, Andy, man, I, I've been trying to read my Bible and 
I'm stuck X, Y, and Z. I don't get it. And you say, you give me your answer and I can ruminate on that. And I don't have to put your plan into action. But maybe when I talk to Greg and I say, someone else told me this, what do you think? And he comes somewhere between here and here and the next person I talk to. And somewhere in there, you formulate your plan. I mean, is that what we're really talking about? Other than just saying, I think Andy's wise. So whatever Andy says, I'm just going to take that to heart. Because I think that's where a lot of people will look at someone and they have a picture of them and they go, Andy's wise. And if Andy said it, I'm going to do it. Nobody or do we... seems to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here every week. I don't, I don't know why anyone else is here, but that's why I'm here. So... I don't know. <laughs> no, that's an, I mean, that's an honest answer because I think a lot of people are like, why do we have to listen to this preacher or that preacher? Insert whatever name, yeah. Andy Stanley, Craig Groeschel. I mean, all these big speakers that people listen to and they say, aren't we just supposed to be listening for the still small voice? And aren't we supposed to be listening to the Holy Spirit? And isn't the Holy Spirit supposed to be telling us what to do? What to do? Because then why do we need these wise counselors if we're in direct contact and we've got that relationship. Well, so there is, as I mentioned in the message this weekend, there, there are a whole bunch of things we don't need to get any counsel about. Right. And yet sometimes we tend to look for counsel and then not take it until we get counsel that agrees with us, which is what <clears throat> Rehoboam did in the sermon this week. I mean, he, he got the counsel of the, of the wise older elders who said, hey, be nice to these people. They'll serve you forever. And oh, I don't like that plan. And so he went and found different counselors. And I think a humility that's willing to to check out the counsel against Scripture has some strong validity to it. Hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a moment, when he looked, I thought we were. He was. Okay. It's so easy to look for counsel, though, like you just mentioned, that matches maybe our predetermined ideas, and pretty much immediately or subconsciously. Well, I have a we, friend who will rego- <laughs> remain nameless. And this friend, no matter what they do, I mean, if, if it's the food or the restaurant or the golf course or you name it, yeah, whichever one they like at the moment, it's the best one in the world. There's no place. There's nothing like <laughs> this is it. This is the, I mean, and you would think that they own stock in this place. I mean, it's, it's like, well, it's nice, but I mean, you know, it's not the end all. I think part of it and just, you know, you keep asking this question, you keep coming back to it, like, how do we know? How do we know? Who is it that we, and yeah. I think part of it is trust. I think that Rehoboam mm-hmm. probably knew that the advice that he was getting from the older elders was really the direction that he should have gone. Right. Yeah. He didn't like it. He recognized the crimp that it would put <laughs> in the party lifestyle. He recognized how much it would affect his relationship with his friends. And so, you know, he really chose a more self-serving route. And so in that regard, Ray Baum's not a good example, but I think it speaks to the fact that we do kind of know, right? That right. like there is a bit of a compass. <laughs> and I think that for somebody that I don't know, right? So seven years ago, if I had asked Andy for professional advice, he'd have been like, well, of course you should move to Florida. And while I was excited, you know, to be able to do that, <laughs> you know, I also recognized that I'm I hadn't... I am biased. Well, yeah, that, that he's biased and that we, but we hadn't had a chance to build and develop trust and relationship. And so I think that's a big part of it. And I think it starts small. You know, when I think, you know, working with youth and young adults, you know, there are mm-hmm. huge transition times in their life. They'll ask me all the time, hey, should I go to Southern or should I go to Oakwood? And I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're both really good schools, <laughs> yeah. you know, and there's a lot that each one has to offer. But 
if a kid doesn't know me that well, they're not going to ask me. The only reason that some students will sometimes ask me for my input on schools is because I've built that relationship. Sure. And so I think with life, that's just mm-hmm. kind of the way it is that regardless, I think of what it is, you know, you can get, you know, Andy used the example of a doctor earlier. You can get a medical degree from anywhere. It may not be that <laughs> reputable. You may, you know, you may kill patients on the table and you're probably not going to want that doctor's advice. And so I, I think it just has a lot to do with building trust in that relationship. Trust and faith are very similar in their nature, neither of which allow certainty. Sure. So trying to nail down how can we really know, it's through experience, through relationships, through having taken, maybe taken some of their counsel at some point, and then that worked out well. So now I believe they may have some other counsel that might be valuable. So much of it's relationally based. Greg just nailed it. Yeah. But I think the other part too is we also have to be able to not just go, oh, that's the right answer. I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. We yeah. also have to take a little time on our own and use some prayers, some study, some, and to add some self introspection to make sure that we're not looking for sure. advice that will affirm what we know we don't shouldn't do, but we want to do anyway. And now we're looking for somebody that'll agree with we should do it, even though we know we shouldn't. Someone to let yeah. us off the hook, essentially. Yeah. So does it really take someone then? That is on the other side. I mean, the easiest one to look at is politics. You can pretty much gauge by talking to someone pretty quickly whether or not you're close, you're far <laughs> away, you're just you know totally opposed on opposite spectrums. Does it take someone with a different viewpoint that is so completely and utterly different than our own? Does it take that opposition to make it work? I think all of us. I don't do it as much as I should. I do it, though, occasionally should read at least at least articles if not whole books that are built upon the exact opposite premises of what i believe or hold sure so i'm let's just say i'll use creation and evolution if, I, if you're a creationist you need to read some really good evolution books so the understand there's a grasping it changes the way we think a person who's a super right winger should read some left wing books and vice versa i mean yeah, just, sure because it, it helps bring understanding of people we're all just people. Yeah. And then that's the problem with our culture. I'm, I'm here. I go waxing eloquent now. It's the problem with our culture today. To be able to see two sides of an argument, be able to be willing to have an argument, to be able to have that conversation. And you can get good counsel through a serious discussion from opposite perspectives. It may actually add to the counsel. I think that's perfect because, in essence, we've just unlocked why so many of us seek wise and other counsel, <laughs> Right. Because I don't think most people tend to go that far or stray that far from their own their own tribe, mm-hmm. their own crew, their own thought process. Mm-hmm. And as an Adventist culture, just speaking for right. us here at the hospital church, I mean, you're with at least how many people, and you may find people on different ends of the spectrum, right. but you still have a commonality, which I think becomes comfortable. And then it's like, well, why am I going outside of that? I trust, I trust these people. Yeah, but to read, but to read a true skeptic that sure. you know, has abandoned Christianity or believes totally differently, can make us see things in new lights and help us grow as well. Yeah. When you I'm not saying to go wallow there, but... You mentioned Google and the internet and pretty much the summation of the world's knowledge is pretty much at our fingertips, at least the Cliff Notes version that we right. can understand. But does this really have to be a one-on-one relational thing to really be wise counsel? Because the way we process information might give us a good starting point. But again, without that opposing view or a, a, someone else's really heartfelt understanding in that, you know, I'm looking mm-hmm. you in the eye and we're having that moment. 
I think that's part of the process, and I think that's why worshiping corporately and, right. and to be together more often, I think that's part of it, right? Yeah, it's part of it, definitely part of it. But you can also get wise counsel from people you've never met. You know, you can listen sure. to a, a talk and gain a bunch of wisdom. All right. I didn't have an FHE takeaway because I just got them before we began taping. And I like this one. How do you differentiate between general truth and absolute truth? <laughs> I well, like that. Greg was the one that introduced the series, and he's the one that said that. So, yeah. Yeah? You like yeah, that? Yeah, Greg. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> What's your take, Greg? On how do you know which one is which? Yeah, general truth and absolute truth. How do you differentiate those? Well, in, in its inception, it's like how do you know the difference between poetry and prose? There's intentional effort that goes into making it one or the other. And it's the same way with a proverb. Like, is it a proverb or is it just something that I'm going to say? And there's intentional effort that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And so the intentional effort that goes into it needs to be received that way. And proverbs were intended to be general truths, not absolute truths. I like it. So well said. I just really love that whole concept. Well, I like it too, because essentially what you just said is part of that whole trust thing. If the person we're talking to is just basically going with, hey, I'm just going to throw something, eh, I think this is probably pretty true. Seems like it's fairly true in my life, but I haven't really sat down and give it, really given it the full test. And I'm not really telling you this because I've really thought about it and I really care about your problem. I'm just answering it because I'm trying to be polite and I don't really have anything else in common with you. So I'll give you the general truth. Or is someone really acting as though and giving you that vibe that they're actually invested in what you've asked them? And are they really invested in you to give you wise counsel? That's I think that's perfect. Great job, Greg. That's well, it's almost Doctor Greg. So it's, it's good. ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, there's a long way between now and then. <laughs> we'll have a special episode when Doctor Greg can join us. Oh, man, we're gonna have to charge you for that one though. That's not gonna be on the free channel. We're gonna we'll be starting the pay channel for for Doctor Greg. Well, anyway, we are completely out of time. But our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's message, and he said. We all need a few trusted naysayers in our lives, critics who are willing to puncture our protective bubble of self-justification and yank us back to reality if we veer too far off. Those who will ask, is that the wise thing? The more power you have, the broader your sphere of influence, and the more you need a great naysayer in your life. I had some volunteers after church. Did you? That's awesome. (laughs) The wise thing for each of us this week may be to begin praying for God to put a great naysayer in our lives. Anyway, so upcoming this week is the final installment of Proverbs. Final installment of Proverbs, finding your voice and using it. Finding your voice and using it. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, well, speaking of finding in your voice and using it, Don't forget to text or email those Q&A questions. Everything has been tested. We know we are getting responses, so make sure that you are one of those responders. And if you're the first one outside of our test circle, those $10 gift cards are just waiting for you. Text or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org, 407-965-1607. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.